Sean, for Christmas, for me, <laughs> could you stop saying so every time you come back after the song? So, yes. Thank you. Welcome to I'd Buy That for a Dollar, a podcast about inexpensive, common, and underappreciated records that are waiting to be rediscovered. I'm your host, Sean Hartman, and despite everything, I am still a lover of Christmas music and also Christmas movies. Congratulations, Sean. Well, thank you. Is there anybody, any other hosts around? (laughs) I'm guest host Jeremy Ruggles. Reluctant stirrer of Peter's hot cocoa. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I am Peter Cook, the consumer of said hot cocoa, as well as a passionate consumer of passion fruit LaCroix. Anybody else? Anybody else to be introduced? I'm Trevor. I'm a Sagittarius. And uh, I love Christmas. Favorite time of the year. Uh, are you making love- yourself a drink right now? What are those sounds? It's uh, it's water. It's a gallon of water. It just makes a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was some percussion, avant-garde percussion happening. Oh, no. That's when you put the mic in the water. Like that. You do that. Ooh, getting into some John Cage stuff yeah, here. Yeah, it is. Real cagey. Yeah. But, yeah. Trevor. What's up? Thank you for... Thank you for joining us for uh, for our Christmas episode. You're you're back again, our all time most frequent guest on the program. Hell yeah! Thanks for asking me. Sick. The last one was a lot of fun. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good times. Yeah, and I love Christmas, so it's perfect. And uh, you know, December's just a great month. The holidays, food. Yeah. Got a birthday. I'm not even going to. A lot of birthdays this month, just like any other month, but particularly Christmas birthdays, holiday birth. I don't know. I got a soft spot for December, the month mm-hmm. of December. Mm-hmm. How's December in California? It's like September. Like we're world behind, you know, and we're never going to make it to an actual December. That's what, right. that's what December in California, like just now, like you guys got a beautiful snow on the ground and everything probably it's looking great nice crisp 25 degree weather it's just just now this tree outside is like starting to turn a little yellow and that's about it and it's like 50 degrees so (laughs) not that sweet oh people people brag about it they're all like oh it doesn't get cold oh you know it's always sunny but really there's no seasons it's not you know la is cool for other things though la is cool for other stuff not not holidays though but you know <laughs> it's all right so if you love holidays steer clear of la <laughs> yeah if you love the holidays you know go go north yeah guys i think i need to become an actor you should dude i don't like la or no i like la i don't like the holidays you don't wait no i like the holidays all right i don't like christmas that much 
Oh, well, good thing we have your spirit on this episode. There's a Grinch in every bunch. Would you, if you were to be an actor, would you be stage or film? Oh, I would definitely be a stage actor. Stage? Yeah, you have the bombast of a stage actor. Thank you, Peter. You could do like <laughs> a, uh, you could do like a reboot of a, a remake of Scrooged, where it's like modern day Scrooged. <laughs> you're Bill Murray. Yeah. Since you hate Christmas. Ruggled. Ruggled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scrooged is a modernized uh, Scrooged. Did I say Scrooge or Stooged? No, I said Scrooged. I said yeah. it right. Yeah, that's the one. That would be with Iggy Pop. <laughs> Iggy Pop biopic. Yeah, Stooged. Uh, well, we're going to, we did this last year. This is our second year. This is a tradition on the podcast doing a Christmas episode. I'm so happy. Like, I'm so stoked. <laughs> no, not even like, I'm like, any, like, I'm really stoked about all this. Especially like I was listening to the music you guys chose like earlier, you know what I'm saying? And like some hits. Yeah. But I don't know what songs you guys chose though. Okay. So there's there's <laughs> good things to come, listeners. <laughs> it has the official Trevor seal of approval. We're not gonna tell you just yet who all of the artists are, but we could tell you who the first one is. Who is it? All right. I'm gonna go ahead and do the first Christmas record tonight, boys. We're gonna unwrap this first dollar bin gem. Woo! This is this is something straight out of my childhood. Like every every second of this record I've listened to so often and revisiting it in preparation for this episode was a real nostalgia trip. It is the multi multi platinum Mannheim Steamroller Christmas. Mm-mm. Straight out of 1984. Gross. Orwellian. <laughs> Trevor, I remember I talked to you about this a little bit ago, and you said you were unfamiliar with Mannheim Steamroller, right? Yes, not a drop. Never heard of it. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to be a brand new experience for you. We'll find out what you think. Let's just go ahead and play a track real quick, then. This is one of my favorite tracks from this album, Good King Wenceslas. It's a track five, six. It's It's the last track of Side A. Here we go.
our guest Trevor Coleman might be able to confirm this for me. I've never been to Los Angeles, but I imagine that that's what the holidays sound like when you're cruising down the road in L.A. It sounds like is that would that be about right? Is that the oh, soundtrack yeah. for a Los Angeles Christmas? Cruising down Sunset. Well, L.A. Christmas. I I'd say that I'd say so. Like especially in like '84. Yeah, like when that when that dropped, yeah, yeah, there had to be someone in 1984 cruising down Sunset in a drop top, just fucking shredding on their Profit Five synthesizer, right? <laughs> exactly, a giant like 20 foot Santa Claus, like in lights, lit mm-hmm. up, drive right past a huge lit up Christmas tree, and they point at it while still holding the steering wheel. But they're looking at it like, wow. <laughs> You know, wow, look at that. It's the holidays. That's what I'm picturing in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see it now. Perfect. By the way, I mentioned the Prophet 5 synthesizer specifically because that is the synthesizer that was used on this record. It was also, it's one of the most, most used and most loved synthesizers of all time with a long list of famous people who have used it, including Dr. Dre, especially on his early works, for artists such as Tupac. That's what's up. Love yeah. Profit 5. Profit 5 synthesizer, loved by Dr. Dre, Mannheim Steamroller, and everyone in between. Right? Excluding me. Excluding Jeremy. What you the Grinch. What, what is your beef with Mannheim Steamroller? What could you possibly hate about this joyous music? More of an Oberheim kind of guy. One of the Yeah, I'm, I'm an Oberheim guy. I'm not here for uh, the Profit 5. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just the the subtleties of the synth sound is really where they lost me. <laughs> Everything else I could be on board for. <laughs> was that a Christmas original? Was that like an cr- original Christmas song? Or was that a cover well, I mean, with synths? Good synth? King Wenceslas is a traditional, but I don't, it didn't really sound like the song as I know it. Right. That was part of Mannheim Steamroller's thing is they were very very influenced by classical music and traditional um, european songs so their their whole idea as a band as a musical project was to make early traditional music and classical music but fuse it with a lot of modern genres such as rock and electronic and smooth jazz and that that is the result you got now i see why we're featuring them on this podcast (laughs) it's like a brew of everything we've talked about exactly exactly it's also perfect having uh just talked about bob james there's there's a lot of parallels between Mannheim steamroller and bob james as in the the little bit of research i've done with this artist Mannheim steamroller is like a quintessential dollar bin artist you see them all over the place or if not in the dollar bin you see it in that very forgotten new age ambient section in the back of the record store that no one ever wants to buy from because it's only fr- copies of fresh air and uh, like Wyndham Hill compilations. But there's some cool stuff in there, just like every other forgotten part of the record store. That's heat. <laughs> Mannheim Steamroller is also interesting because like the people, the people who know about this group are for the most part burnout on them at this point it seems like you know they were very like overexposed group this is one of the greatest like the the best-selling christmas records of all time and they're kind of synonymous with that elevator music smooth jazz very pleasant unoffensive 
sounds. Just like what we talked about with Bob James, where he's kind of synonymous with this stuff that he did before a lot of other people did it and did it better. I think Mannheim Steamroller follows into that category as well, because it took him a, a long time to really hit these like huge levels of success. They were dropping records all through the 70s where they had to start their own record label because they liter- literally couldn't get anybody interested in the music that they were trying to make. At the time, no one thought there was a market for this like weird fusion of like modern jazz and classical music with like synthesizers and guitars at times and all kinds of weird stuff going on. So they put out like they put out like a whole series of records dedicated to the seasons. Like each record was a new season and like everyone had this theme. They're basically just like super music nerds making weird stuff that like they personally thought was cool and interesting. And then 10 years into it became like ultra millionaires because of it. And uh, this record was kind of the turning point. You're kind of winning me over, Sean. Okay. My primary beef with this is I didn't realize they made any other music. In my mind, Mannheim Steamroller was the band that made the Christmas album that made a billion dollars. And I just, I assumed it was like the ultimate cash grab, like people grabbing in on the smooth jazz cash while also grabbing that Christmas dollar. And it just seemed like the like most far grabbing sellout you could imagine. But what <laughs> well, you're telling me is it's not necessarily that. From what I gathered, um, their career after this point was exactly that. Like they they dropped like 10 more Christmas records after this one because of how unexpectedly successful it was. And none of them came as close to this. I think maybe their second Christmas record did well. But um, after that, it was all cash grabs that didn't work. Mm. <laughs> like their biggest hit was their their accidental cash grab, you know? Interesting. That stuff's chasing that high, you know? Like they make like some heat and then make some a bunch of money. And then they're just like, shit, we got to rewrite this song. Like <laughs> over and over and over again. We got to chase yeah. that high. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if we stop being creative, then we'll keep staying, keep, uh, keep getting these uh, crazy album sales, but it doesn't always work like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, like the, this group being a bunch of nerds, like everything about them is like super nerdy specific references that you just like most people would never even get. Like the whole, their name is apparently a reference to a like ancient German music technique and classical music. So basically like, wow. unless you majored in classical music, you wouldn't even get it. Yeah, I was. I always assumed it was something dirty. Mannheim steamroller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In our modern age, it's like, well, that's definitely a sex thing. <laughs> steamroller. Yeah, I mean, if this was uh, if this was a Steely Dan project, it would be a sex thing. Certainly. But yeah, also like even so, like I said, they had to start their own record label. Even the record name is a pun. They the record label is called American Gramophone, which is just a pun on one of the most popular classical music genres, Deutsch gramophone. I'm not laughing. Nobody's laughing. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Their whole career, they're, they're literally just like nerds who are like making these inside jokes that only they think are funny. And then they became millionaires. So, which is kind of what I love about it. So they're, they're still laughing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All the way to the bank. 
Yup, Mannheim. They get that Christmas royalty check, just like Mariah Carey. They're just like, oh, that time of the year again. Exactly. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, not at all. I'd be chilling. <laughs> so, so Trevor, how was your your first ever Mannheim Steamroller Christmas experience? Awesome. All right. Spectacular. A fan. Immediately a fan. Immediately. You know I love the Prophet Five. Hell yeah. You know, big <laughs> fan over here. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I liked it. I liked it before I knew it though. It was that. Do you wanna? Do you wanna hear another track from the album, even if it does not feature the Prophet Five? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to profit. Okay, okay. So like I said, being this uh, traditional music and classical music influence group, some of it has this like real upbeat, heavy synthesizer sound, which was some of their bigger hits were on that vibe. But this record also has a lot of much more actually traditional sounding music on there, blended in some interesting ways. And Another one of my favorites on this album that's a good example of the more mellow side of Mannheim Steamroller is the album Closer, which is called Still Knocked or Silent Night, which I know is going to be featured later on the podcast, but this version I think is different enough that it'll still fly. So here we go. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll just need to take a minute, moment of silence to come back to reality after that smooth sounds. I'm what? just what? waking up from a good winter nap. Exactly. Right. It's great. Nice. It's pretty Love chill, the right? Piano. Yeah, the piano's real nice. You know, that kind of vibe fits really well with the album artwork too. It's got this really like 
soft glow Christmas tree on it. All the lights are blending together. It's this really kind of nostalgic, dreamy vibe. And I think that song fits it perfectly. I haven't seen the album cover, but I'll see it. <laughs> you can see it in your mind right next to the image of uh, driving down Sunset, blasting Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> Well, Jeremy, Peter, you got any last-minute comments about that, or should we just cruise right on to the next record? No, I'm ready to pivot away. I've had enough of that record for 20 lifetimes. Well, you think you can do better than that? I will absolutely do better than that right now. All right, give it your best shot, bud. All right, I'm just going to start with... We'll do White Christmas on Christmas with John Fahey, Volume 2. Hell yeah. Have yourself an American primitive guitar Christmas. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Do you guys oh. know that that is the confirmed best-selling single of all time? That specific version of it? No. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> like, you know, there's a, there's a million ways to manipulate data, but if you look at, like, if you take a song and then count every time it's been covered, that is the best-selling single of all time. Have or best-selling song. A Merry Little Christmas? White Christmas. White Christmas. Oh, no. Yeah, see, it's hard to tell which song it is, and yeah. that's part of why I like this album. Right. It's uh, If you listen closely, you can pick up on the melody, but if you're just playing it in the background, it's just pleasant guitar music. And the other thing I really like about this album is more than half of it isn't even famous Christmas songs. They're 
mostly like songs John Fahey made that are just Christmassy sounding. (laughs) Yeah. Originals. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that was interesting on his Christmas records because it's like his version of Christmas songs are very like un-Christmassy anyways. Like he's not going for the cheese level on this at all. So having other songs are like this is his idea of a christmas sounding song it's like but it kind of just sounds like a lot of the normal music you make but i guess that's not a bad thing so like whatever yeah i'm mainly familiar with the blind joe death stuff as far as john fahey goes and this really didn't sound that much different from it it sounded like john fahey (laughs) you know what's great about this one though you'll find this album and his other christmas album in bargain bins and you won't find other John Fahey albums in bargain bins, in my experience. Yeah, no, definitely not. He is not a dollar bin artist normally. <laughs> yeah, there's like one or two of his like 80s records that he did with a full band that you can find kind of cheap. But yeah, his Christmas records are the easiest things to find by him. And as we said, they're at the same quality level as pretty much everything else he did. John Fahey? Yeah. I got a question. Wait. Uh, what, what is your guys' favorite... Christmas song that's come out in the past like 20 years. Mine is actually brand spanking new. It just came out a couple weeks ago and it is us girls. They, uh, she Meg Remy from us girls has a Christmas song out. It's called Santa stay home. Santa stay home. Yeah. (laughs) Worth checking out. I was going to recommend it at some point and this is the best opportunity. Hmm. All right. I don't think I've listened to them. I didn't know if it was U.S. girls or us girls. I was like, which one it is? You that, but it has the dots, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, U.S. girls, U.S. girls, and and she now lives in Canada. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> expat. Expat. <laughs> How about you, uh, Jeremy? Do you have one of the last twenty years? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's heard all of them, and none of them were good enough. True. Yep. I don't he, seek out Christmas music. It just happens to me. <laughs> oh, you just experience it with like. Yeah, it plays itself to me. I don't. I don't go seeking it out. No, I hear you. Yeah, I feel the same way. I like that Weezer Christmas song. They had a really nice Christmas song a long time ago. Now, that was a nice one. I don't know any other ones. I think I feel like I'm forgetting one. There was another one. Like somebody did something. Oh, what about you? For me, probably a tie. Two of the more like recent Christmas songs I've bought on vinyl are uh, Crangbin did a Christmas song in 2018. They did a version of hmm. Christmas Time is Here, which is pretty dope. And then Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats did a version of baby it's cold outside in 2017 where they like flipped the uh perspectives of the guy and girl so it was like slightly more progressive than the original <laughs> but there's a there's a whole uh there's a whole rabbit hole to go down on uh that song <laughs> and whether it's cool or not but we can we can leave that one for you, you just individual you reminded <laughs> research you reminded me of another one of for the last 20 years sharon jones and the dap kings there ain't no chimneys in the projects. Mm, that whole record is amazing. I, yeah, I've got that one too. I play that every year. You guys know about John Fahey already? Uh, Should I even tell the listeners about him? Or 
Well, it would explain my American primitive guitar reference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is the only thing he knows about John Fahey, though. Enough to make that one joke, and then it's just a complete mystery aside from it. (laughs) I think he died in 2001, and that's as much as I know. That's true. (laughs) I couldn't have told you what year he died, and I consider myself a big John Fahey fan, but I'm also not nearly as good at remembering dates as Peter is. (laughs) (laughs) That's my skill. That's why I'm here. Yeah. John Fahey played just solo guitar primarily, sometimes with others, but mostly solo. And the style of guitar playing that Peter referred to as American primitive guitar, and it essentially means the style where they take the finger picking of like country and bluegrass and some blues music. And then they apply that finger style technique to a bunch of different genres. They use like Indian raga forms. They'd use like classical and modern classical kind of forms. I don't know. They would dip into all different types of music. And it was a widely improvisational uh, genre as well. So a lot of times they're just making the stuff up on the spot yeah that's tight though yeah there's still a a strong subculture of people embracing that aesthetic and that approach the american primitive thing going on there's some some notable newer artists over the years that have embraced it glenn jones yep from from cul-de-sac yep and jack rose from pelt who sadly passed away about a decade ago Mm -hmm. yeah there's if you okay, so the label that this record is put out on, Tacoma, was John Fahey's label he created because nobody wanted to put this music out initially. But if you find records that are Tacoma records, they're probably going to be this style of American primitive guitar. And or some of them are new age, from my understanding, but primarily they're. American Primitive Guitar. So if you see Tacoma in the bins, grab it up if you dig this kind of thing. There's uh, like Robbie Basho. The one I do see sometimes in bins, Leo Kotka, the 6 and 12 string guitar album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find that one around. Yeah, that one's really good. It's got an armadillo on the front. If you see that one, definitely grab it up. Uh, Max Oaks was another big one. He's actually... Max Oaks was in the Seventh Sons with Buzzy Linhart, who we did an episode on Ooh. pretty oh, recently. That's cool. I uh, I heard this dude Sandy Bull from listening to John Fahey earlier today. And he yeah, cool. Sandy Bull is great. Yeah, he was um, playing like the oud, like that uh, that string instrument. It's good with a bunch of tremolo on it. It's crazy. Yeah, I've got his album Inventions. That's really good. That's yeah, it's definitely a kind of has a lot of common ground with American Primitive. Yeah, it really seemed like yeah, he's just improvising on that whole thing, but just had the sounds right. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, and both those guys had a lot of the like Eastern and classical and kind of ambient influences going on too. That was like a definitely a whole element of this is just like having that kind of mood and vibe very present through a lot of like drone elements mm-hmm. at times for sure it's a whole rabbit hole 
you can get stuck in American primitive guitar rabbit hole for years. Right. Maybe the rest of your life. Some people I've known. Oh, definitely. Are, uh, still there. And it's a very cool rabbit hole. But mm-hmm. the last thing I wanted to mention about this album, it's called Christmas with John Fahey, Volume 2. And the kind of funny thing is uh, Christmas with John Fahey, Volume 1, didn't exist when this came out. And it later came out, and it was a re-recording of his album, The New Possibility, which is his actual first Christmas album. Whoa. So That's tight. Shrouded in confusion, just like John Fahey, in mystery and confusion. <laughs> That's tight how he didn't like bring the name word Christmas into the title of his Christmas album, though. That's tight. That yeah. It was just a Christmas album, but it, it wasn't like... John Fahey Christmas. Like, wait, what was it called? The album? The first one he did was called The New Possibility. The New Possibility. And then he later re-recorded it and released it as Christmas with John Fahey Volume 1. And that was years after Christmas with John Fahey Volume 2 was out already. Dang. People should do that more often. Make Christmas albums without saying Christmas. (laughs) I think. That'd be cool. Secret Christmas albums. That's the new trend. Yeah, little low key Christmas album. (laughs) I see the the future. Yeah. So, yeah, that was actually a Christmas album. Christmas list Christmas albums. Yeah. Perfect. That's my vibe. Well, we'll go out on a song that is one of his originals that he calls Christmas Fantasy Part One. And. But it's actually Part Two. But it's
That song is a great showcase for one of my favorite elements of John Fahey's music, where the sound quality of the guitar is just so good. And it really sounds like you're in the room. It has all that natural reverb around it. And a lot of his songs are structured where he'll just have like that one chord that he just hits and lets it ring out. And you can just hear all of the little elements of the, the sound of that chord from the guitar. He had such a great dynamic touch. Like some elements were loud and some were not and very intentionally. Yeah. There's one part where he, he strummed a very dissonant chord a couple times with a lot of let it ring out. And mm-hmm. I thought, is this a very Jandek Christmas? <laughs> it could be. It sounded like outsider. Mm-hmm. It's when you want to wrap up the Christmas party, you put on Jandek Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Clear a room. Get the Christmas after party started. For the real heads, the real cocoa heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> real heads will know. Jandak. Yeah. Christmas with well, the Rippers. I feel like I feel like that was a good bridge between Sean's neoclassical whatever into our next artist, Peter. Well, before that, let me just let me just jump in real quick. I will freely admit that John Fahey is much better Christmas music than Mannheim Steamroller. Victory. It is it is objectively better. You are right. John Fahey rips. Thank you. But so does Mannheim Steamroller. They they both rip to me. Yeah, they were ripping too. <laughs> they were ripping. The John Fahey album cover on this is better too. Mm, different just different not better (laughs) hold up (laughs) he will only concede so much yeah (laughs) hey go for two back down (laughs) it's got a a trippy lion with like a melty lamb underneath it and then the lettering is just impeccable the christmas lettering on this untouchable i'll be the judge of that one moment. <laughs> Hold up. Trevor's getting the Google out. Stop the Mannheim steamroller. Stop the <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing this John Fahey stacked letter Christmas album. Cover. Mannheim steamroller. All right. All right. Man- Mannheim's-, Mannheim's taking it. Dude, oh, shit. Gotta give it to Mannheim. Oh shit! Wow. I wasn't even gonna say Mannheim was better. I said they were separate but equal. But <laughs> shit, it's no such thing. Wow, <laughs> no such All thing. Right. It's, it's equal. So, so would you to... would you agree that John Fahey is better musically though, Trevor? Uh, I'm not gonna go there. It's no such thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Guess Jeremy's on thin ice over here. <laughs> We, I, I, we should probably have another co-host jump in and wait. John uh, Faye is John Fahey better musically than Mannheim? Uh, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it. I mean, I guess I was feeling John Fahey a little bit more today because I was okay. listening to him a little bit on the YouTube. All right, so it, we can we can all agree that today at least John Fahey better musically, Mannheim Steamroller better with their uh, graphic design. Not even though, because I'm not saying the John Fahey cover was whack. It's dope. It's a dope cover. It's sick. Honestly, they're just different times. I think, but when I pulled them both up on Google Images, I think the Mannheim Steamroller <laughs> album cover just did a little bit more for me real quick. <laughs> you know, that's all. 
All right. Okay. John Fahey. Uh, man. Let's move it along. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Jeremy, you can just edit out that last five minutes and uh, you had a perfect segue. Yes, John Fahey <laughs> is a great bridge from Mannheim Steamroller <laughs> to our next artist. <laughs> you know, like the uh, best album covers? <laughs> oh, no, I'm into it. I could listen to that debate all Christmas long. <laughs> yeah. So, Peter, like... you got a record you want to talk about? or? Yeah. And, you know, in my mind, I tied this all together. This will probably make sense to nobody else, but I realized that I, I got a little conceptual. Trevor, the first episode that you guested on was Stevie Wonder, who we had featured previously on our Christmas episode last year. Mm-hmm. And now you're back with us for the Christmas episode, and we're talking about another artist that we've featured before. But this time, we're doing a Christmas album, and that is the first and only Christmas album by the first lady of country music, Tammy Wynette. Hell yeah. This album, yeah, this album is Christmas with Tammy, released on Epic at her commercial peak in November of 1970. And as I mentioned before, we did a whole episode on Tammy Wynette covered her very thoroughly, so I'm not going to really go much into her bio, kind of just going to focus on this record specifically. And the funny thing (laughs) is, with her albums up until the 80s, the details of how they were recorded are pretty much the same every single time. (laughs) This was produced by Billy Sherrill, who produced all her work up until uh, the early 1980s. And it was recorded at the Columbia Recording Studio in Nashville, Tennessee, where everything she did was recorded. So pretty standard. And the, the first side is mostly traditional religious Christmas songs arranged by Billy Sherrill. There's a little town of Bethlehem. It came upon a midnight clear, joy to the world, away in a manger. And on side two, it's a mix of well-known secular cuts like Blue Christmas and White Christmas, as well as new songs that are in Tammy's signature country style. But I would like to start with Silent Night. Holy Night. You have not heard the song until you've heard Tammy Wynette sing it. I'm ready. Silent 
Well, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but Silent Night is my favorite Christmas song. And that's got to be one of the best versions I've ever heard, I must say. I would agree. That was nice. It's up there. Definitely top five Mm -hmm. Christmas songs for Mm -hmm. me. And that was a very good version. All right. All right. You hear those backing vocals in there? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was not the Jordanaires. They are on most of this album as the backing vocalists, but that was the Nashville edition, a country and gospel vocal group consisting of two men and two women. So it's a little bit of a different sound than the Jordanaires, which is all men. That's sick. Yeah, the the background vocals mixed with all that reverb, it all just blended so beautifully. Love that. Love that Nashville sound. Yeah, a little kind of like... Yeah, a little shuffle on the snare, you know? Yeah. You know, just that little groove. <laughs> it's perfect. So that sounds like a little nice, yeah, country. That's the thing with uh, with Tammy Wynette. You know, she's a country artist, but she gets so soulful. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. The back of the record has a little message on it, and I'd like to read that if you guys wouldn't mind. Do it. So it reads, this is a Christmas album for the 70s. It's a return to the original meaning of Christmas. Joy, peace, love of God, and the world he created. And if you notice something special about Tammy's singing throughout the album, it isn't your imagination. Tammy was able to embrace these songs in in a way few artists have or ever could. Less than a month after this album was recorded, the first lady gave birth to her fourth child. Merry Christmas to all. So it's a nice, warm, personal kind of message to the listeners. And that's definitely the theme, the message that I get from this album is that it is very much intended to, you know, there's, as I mentioned, a couple secular cuts, but it's largely focused on the religious aspect of the holiday. (laughs) I saw she's got uh, Let's Put Christ Back in Christmas on this album. Yeah, Let's Put Christ Back back into christmas are you familiar with that song outside of this i don't think i am actually this may have been the first time that it was recorded because it was written by agnes wilson and carmel taylor who i know she worked with on other occasions they wrote that crying steel guitar song that was on the another lonely song album a few years okay after this the album that we featured previously i don't think we did that song but i'm sure you know that cut Oh, yeah. I've been playing that album a ton since you did it. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying that. So, yeah. So, it's, and it seems that, yeah, she, a lot of the songs that are originals to this album were written by people that she worked with regularly, that her and Billy Sherrill worked with regularly. Um, and the Jordanaires are on backing vocals on Let's Put Christ Back into Christmas. Uh, so, it has that, that touch, that familiar Jordanaires Nashville vocal sound. Mm-hmm. And, I thought you were making a joke when you said that, Sean. I didn't realize that was a song on here. I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that kind of stood out to me because I wasn't familiar with that as a track, and I was looking at the track list, and it's like, you know, the stuff you would expect and some originals, and then let's put Christ back in Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's... uh... It's subtle. It's a subtle message. You really can't tell uh, what she's on about. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a John Fahey album where you can't quite <laughs> not sure what she's getting at. 
but well, so I'll I'll say, um, you know, we last year we we talked about some of the traditions or our, our kind of our associations with Christmas, and I mentioned that I had kind of over the years, especially working in retail for over a decade, had be kind of a become a humbug about Christmas, and my wife has my wife Ellen has spent the last near decade getting me back on track with the Christmas spirit. And, you know, we've, we found traditions that I like on Christmas Eve. We each give each other a present, you know, just a little Christmas Eve tradition with the two of us. And then we go for a drive looking at Christmas lights. We'll go deep out into the country looking for people that have huge setups and stuff like that has definitely helped me feel that holiday spirit again, just, so nice. <laughs> and so I, but yeah, especially I did notice in those years hearing Christmas music all the time in retail, I especially came to despise the secular cuts that just had, were just all about, you know, the commercial aspect of the holiday. And I noticed that I still appreciated the ones with the more religious connotations a lot more. So I can, you know, I'm, I'm, I identify as agnostic, but I can totally get behind what she's saying here. And, and Tammy sells it to me. She has the ability to do that with the, let's put Christ back into Christmas. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the mark of good music is when someone is genuine about it. So to me, it matters much less what their message is, as long as they're, you know, passionately feeling it. I'm yeah. also not a religious person and... I'm with Tammy on this one. If uh, they want to make it, you know, about some religious thing they're into or whatever, that's better than capitalism. <laughs> true, true. Exactly. Yeah. And if the music's good, you know, she can really she's just singing, and that band's good on the track, you know, whatever the message is, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> but whatever the message is, you know, like, that can't just be the whole thing of what determines the song good or bad. Yeah, I would find a song that came out in 2020 called Let's Put Christ Back in Christmas to be highly sus, as the kids <laughs> say. <laughs> yes. But this is a 50-year-old song. Half a century. Yeah, I can see that. But that's how they feel. I mean, hey. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. I don't detect anything sinister with Tammy's approach here. <laughs> no. So I'm ready to hear that song and uh, move right along on our Christmas special here. If y'all are into it, let's do it. I'm ready for another, for some more Tammy side two, track six. Unto you is born this day a savior. A baby boy was found there in a manger. The blessed truth of Christmas, let us hear. Let's put Christ back into Christmas this year. Christmas is the birthday of our King. All he came to bring 
seen the other album covers that y'all were debating about but i'm gonna go ahead and say sight unseen that christmas with tammy beats them both Ooh, bold claim sir hard disagree <laughs> mm. <laughs> i mm, i can't give it to you peter <laughs> i'm happy that you think that and I don't, I don't feel the need to argue with you as strongly as I often do with Jeremy. <laughs> We're brothers, but uh, I just, I can't agree with you. I just, uh, I'm biased because I, you know, just these Tammy Wynette albums. I have a lot of them, and they're basically all more or less her just looking classy as fuck on them. <laughs> I would give you that this is the classiest album cover. I will give you that. All right, that's all I really wanted. I guess I should have specifically stated that it's the classiest yeah if it's a if it's a war of class i don't think anyone can really outclass tammy agreed okay i'm with now i'll go look at the other album covers and uh, see if i was right <laughs> or not about my you know if, even for as controversial i guess of a title maybe that that song has that was a very classy song it was it was very it was classy. very classy very sweet very soulful again I'm into it. I'm into the whole thing. Once again, fully sold on Tammy Wynette, thanks to Peter Cook. Oh, class. Well, that's my Christmas gift to all of you. Oh, thanks. Tammy. Nice. You know, and going back to what you were saying about having to kind of relearn how to not be a, a Grinch about Christmas, the music is a big part of that for me. I feel like every year it gets a little bit harder for me to get into the Christmas spirit and the real tried and true method is to just put on some of these beautiful Christmas records like this that are a little more on the heartfelt on, and on the mellow side. You know, I'm not trying to hear a bunch of different versions of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Jingle Bells and stuff, but when you got these good, soulful Christmas records, that just does it for me every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I had to seek this one out. I hadn't heard this until we started talking about doing another Christmas episode and I'm glad that I have this podcast to keep me on track with finding good Christmas music. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, Trevor, you are the last person to, uh, yes. What did you bring us for Christmas? Well, at first, uh, I brought one other, but now I'm about to play this other one that I like more. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, I got the Nat King Cole Christmas. Mm. Yeah, the classic. Yep. Yep. 
Different person, still three names. Yep. <laughs> Are you going to tell the people who your first choice was, or is that just going to re- remain a mystery? Oh, no, I will. Yeah, I was going to play the Cool Mo D Christmas, <laughs> but that's for a different time. That's for, that's for a different episode. But uh, uh, I was just going to follow the, the, the same vibes that you guys are bringing with uh, these, these ones. And I like this one, too, because it's like a minute and 57 seconds, and I'm real into songs lately that are like under two minutes. Like, I think that's always cool. Right on. All right. When people do that. What's, yeah. what's the first but, track uh, that we're going to hear then? Oh, first Noel. Oh, I got to play two tracks. That's right. Wow. You guys really got me in this corner. No, I put myself in the corner. No, I didn't. Maybe I did. Who knows? Nobody King puts Cole. baby in the corner. Right. Uh, I guess. What does that mean? I don't know. But Nat King Cole, First Noel. Wait, wait. I'm going to play it off this other one. Noel, Noel, Noel. Born is the King of Israel. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep Noel, Noel, Noel King of Israel. And to the earth it gave great light. And so it continued both day and night. Noel, 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 Noel. Born is the king. Yeah, that's a nice one. I like that one. Nat King Cole. Classic. I, uh, yeah, it's the classic. Like we used to have this CD, and uh, that was the first track on it. Was the Nat King Cole, and uh, we had a couple of Christmas CDs, and then that was the first one, and then that like Mariah Carey one, mm-hmm. and the Jackson Five. But also my mom, I think she she bought the Beat Street soundtrack. Now that I'm like thinking back on it. And uh, for that movie, Beat Street, which I think in that movie takes place in, on Christmas, like in the holidays. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't seen it in a while. But um, there was like a part, it's like a rap with Cool Mo D. And he does like, uh, they do a whole Christmas song. But she, she must have thought it was like a different thing. And she bought it. And then she put it in the CD player. And that was like, and it was like, ho, 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 open up your dough. Like, 
and it was that song and she was real mad <laughs> and uh the cool mo d song we'll just play like the wait yeah we'll just play like a quick snippet of that shit. you think uh <laughs> that's just funny you think she probably was hoping for a more nat king cole record yeah, she because she took out the she had to take out the Nat King Cole CD and put this one, in. and it was like hard, you know, hard left. It's Cool Mo D in the Treacherous Three. Oh, give the the info. Say all of all everything I know about Cool Mo D. Cool Mo D, Treacherous Three. He was from New York. He still is from New York. I think he's still alive, and he was in a rap group in the eighties called. Uh, Treacherous Three with Special K and L.A. Sunshine. And they did a Christmas rap featuring Doug E. Fresh. And it was a whole scene in the movie Beat Street. I think I already said. So and you can watch that online. All right. Are you calling a... Not on Beat Street, but in Beat Street. You're calling a double audible and you're audibling back to Cool Modi. <laughs> Yeah, I am going back to Cool Mo D. I did say I was right. up, Yeah, I can't go without playing some of the Cool Mo D. All right, give us the Cool Mo D. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho, ho. Open up your door. I'm Santa Claus, and guess what, y'all? I got something to show. I came to bring some Christmas spirit. I got a big bag now. Guess what's in it? Something for the rich, something for the poor. So Merry Christmas and ho ho ho, ho ho ho. Merry Christmas, my foot. I'ma tell you what Santa really put under my so-called tree, but in reality, look like nothing but a decorated pole to me. Man, you talk about a tree, it makes me wonder, cause I never had a tree to put anything under. If I ever did look up and get a tree, there was never anything under it for me. Man, I don't know what y'all talking about, cause when I come to your town, I just get chased out. I thought you would be happy to see Santa Claus, but all you'll say is stick him up and give me yours. You're lucky all you did was get ripped off, and it's time to keep your big fat ass up north, because after my last few Christmas nights, if I see around my neighborhood, I'm shooting on sight. And I ain't even got a chimney for you to come down, so ain't no need for you to be coming around. Cause the last so-called Santa that came in with a sack wasn't giving out presents, he was taking them back. Man, y'all should be glad that I didn't quit, cause I'm getting too old for this Santa Claus shit. Y'all think I'm getting presents made for free? I gotta pay them bills, and ain't nobody paying me. You big fat whale, you might as well quit, cause I can name a hundred presents that I didn't get. And if I did get a present, it'd be a heavy down. Yo, I got this for Christmas, now how that sounds? It sounds good to me, cause I'm about to freeze You wanna see something? Look at the bottom of these Me and my brothers can't go out at the same time Cause the coat that's theirs is the coat that's mine Man, I know one thing, y'all better get off my neck And wait till you get your welfare check Go on down to the office and stand on the line Better hurry up, see, I got mine Jingle, jangle, jingle for the pole That version, or that song, Christmas Rap, came out in 1987 And you might wonder... Why are these like early hip hop guys doing a Christmas theme song? Does anybody know? Maybe Peter. Why they're doing a Christmas song? Yeah, what might be the uh, the influence for some like notorious hip hop guys doing a Christmas song? Was there the Sugar Hill Gang? Well, okay, I guess that was kind of a weird way to ask the question, but the the first ever gold certified hip hop song was a Christmas song. Curtis Blow's Christmas Rappin' from 1979. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Because uh, when the wa- the waitresses had another 
they had their song called Christmas Rapping, and people were like, hey, but Curtis Blow already had that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it was like an accidental hit for Curtis Blow in 79, and that was the first time that many people outside of you know New York City underground culture had ever heard rapping. And wow. so, yeah, then fast forward to 1987, Cool Modi and the Treacherous Three, they got to do their own Christmas rap song. It's tight, though. Good song. <laughs> Yeah, no, I enjoyed the, I, I still, there's a part of me since that was how rap sounded when I was a little kid, it, there's a part of me that that early style of rhyming and flowing will still always have, even though it sounds very dated, it's it kind of, uh, it's it's nostalgic for me. Yeah, it's just a yeah, different time. And that's what Christmas is about, nostalgia. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bringing it all back yeah. home. <laughs> Now, Bob Dylan. To uh, <clears throat> reference your first Audible, though, I got to say, Nat King Cole is giving Tammy a run for her money on the class factor with that album cover. Oh, oh that's, that's a good I'm, point. I'm, I'm, Nat went crazy on that album I gotta, cover. Let's see. Let's see. Nat, this is Nat King Cole. What's the Christmas album? The Christmas song. Yeah. Nat King Cole sings a Christmas song. Okay, let's see here. Ooh, oh, no. Oh no! <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's yeah. pretty classy. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's classier. Oh, just ooh, Jeremy went out and it. said it. We were all thinking it, and Jeremy just said it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm. I, I, I haven't seen the Tammy one. <laughs> Let's see. I'm, I'm going back. I'm double checking. This okay. Is really great for our listeners. I'm side sure. by side comparison. I don't know. I gotta say, Nat's got a better use of accessories here. He's got that nice leather chair, the roaring fire. The, the the setting, I will say, the setting really adds to the classiness. Uh, Tammy's kind of, it almost, you know, she could almost be anywhere, and they photoshopped, well, probably not photoshopped, superimposed with yeah. the uh, 1970, <laughs> uh, some mistletoe on her shoulder. But yeah, I, I, okay. I'll, yeah, you know. I don't know. It's neck and neck for me. Not saying she's not neck classy. and neck. Okay. You can call it a tie. You don't, you don't have to come out one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> We got a lot of ties, you know, and depending on which way you look at these records that we've talked about today, there's something for everybody, right? Even Jeremy, even Jeremy can find something to love in this weird COVID Christmas season that we have going on right now. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait to uh, do my annual viewing of Eyes Wide Shut and check my enemies list and lay around in spite until New Year's. (laughs) That's your Christmas movie, <laughs> Jeremy Eyes Wide Shut. That's your that's your holiday movie. Yeah, that, that's the one for me. You're not it's even not the one with those clay people. What's that? The clay kids. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's like a little stop motion clay people. Like and they're like celebrating Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? Rudolph. Am I crazy? I'm not crazy. What? Yeah, you look clay. Oh, Rudolph. yeah, like the old yeah. Rankin Bass stuff. Yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy skips over all of that and goes right to eyes wide shut. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jeremy, here's the question Damn. though: If you're going to double feature eyes wide That's shut, chill. what's what's part two, or the one? What's what's the pregame? <laughs> part two in the madness. Wait, what? Like, if you had to pick two back to back Christmas movies, like if you're going to do like a whole Christmas movie night, and eyes wide shut is one of them, what's the one to pair it with? <laughs> Oh, Friday after next. <laughs> Friday after next. Okay. 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 My my Christmas movie Damn. is Go. That's a chill. 
What is it? Go? Yeah. What's that? That was from 1999. It was kind of a. Ooh. It was kind of. It was a lighter romp, Pulp Fiction with teenagers, and <laughs> like I don't think there's. They called it the Breakfast Club with a body count, although I don't think anyone actually dies in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're on the topic, uh, my favorite Christmas movie, the one that I have consistently watched every year for a very long time now, is Trading Places. Uh, is that the one with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, well, Eddie, oh yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, yep. That's that's I, I was one. thinking of Twins. Yeah, yeah that one's good. <laughs> you know, just good, good <laughs> classic John Landis Christmas movie. That's a good one. I like that. So, Trevor, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I'm not sure. I don't know. You have you have any that you'd say you've watched more than others, at least? That's crazy that I'm drawing a blank on these Christmas movies. I do like the Christmas movies. Watch more than others? Yeah, like what's what's one you've just seen a ton of times? I don't know. You know, I like that movie Elf, even though I've never seen the end of it. I don't know how it ends. <laughs> like I've only watched that movie like like in like classroom, you know, like in class around the holidays when you're like the teacher's like whatever, so you just watch Elf. I, I think it uh, then, it ends with Zoe Deschanel singing. She's in that movie. Yeah, oh, yeah she is in that movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, She's singing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I sh- I shouldn't watch the movie then. I should just leave it like have it remembered for what I know. But like Elf and uh, Sam. Um, I mean, you, you did already mention Scrooge earlier on. Oh yeah, yeah. We watched Scrooge in school too. I don't know. I guess I was only watching these Christmas movies in school, <laughs> like in that same that same like setting where the teachers like whatever. I'm about to put this movie on and like. Watching that Tim Allen Santa Claus, mm-hmm. he falls off the roof. Yep, and uh, Scrooged. Yep. So is this the point where you're realizing that you've never actually seen the end of any Christmas movie? <laughs> I think so. I <laughs> the, uh, the Grinch with Jim Carrey that was good too, but uh, oh, I can't do that one. I just there's something about it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> I, I was watching that like a couple weeks ago. That was okay. <laughs> Yeah, Friday After Next is good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've seen that one once a while ago. I don't know. Maybe I should watch more Christmas movies. All right. Well, you got time. Yeah. I'm going to forget, too. Or, like, when this logs off, I'm going to be like, oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Of course. Always. Yeah. That's how it always is. Boys, let's log off and let people go about their Christmases now. Well, can I just say real quick before we sign off, though, that... I'm making an extra special, extra long, I'd buy that for a dollar, Christmas playlist. All the playlists up until this point have been designed to go start to finish. I took a lot of care in arranging the songs. This is one of those classic shuffle playlists. It's going to be several hours long. You can have it going through your whole uh, solo Christmas quarantine party. Features as many artists as I possibly could find Christmas songs from that have been featured on the series plus some extras you'll hear some john fahey and stuff on here manheim steamroller from today's episode plus some classics from dinah washington rotary connection the supremes leona boyd the waitresses john denver phil oaks the beach boys stevie wonder and more you can look for that on spotify just search for i'd buy that podcast to find this and all other season two playlists yeah and if you're itching to show us your favorite Christmas record, you can join the I'd Buy That for a Dollar Facebook group where you can 
join all of the collectors of Bargain Bin Records. I think we have uh, close to 200 members in that group now, and you can uh, post your favorite Christmas album, share it with the group, get those likes, go viral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's your <laughs> yeah. time to shine, bud. Thanks. So yeah, just search out the I'd Buy That For A Dollar Facebook group. Cool, cool. Well, Merry Christmas to all of you, and to all of you a good night. This has been another episode of I'd Buy That For A Dollar. I'm Sean Hartman. I'm Jeremy Ruggles. I'm Peter Cook. I'm Trevor Coleman. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming <laughs> all the way from L.A., Trevor. L.A. L.A. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't. Where we're we going to go out on, on a song. We're going on. I, listen, I think it is Christmas is about traditions. And you don't fuck with tradition. I'm a Grinch, so I need some traditions in my life. And this I'd buy that tradition is going to be closing out our Christmas episode with a John Denver Christmas song. Your terms are acceptable. Nice. I can dig it. This year, in honor of two Silent Night versions, we're going to do the Silent Night John Denver. I'm all about it. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Savior is born, Christ.